Section 17 of the Kerner Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Report of the National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders. Kerner Commission Report. Chapter 2. Patterns of Disorder. Introduction. The Pattern of Violence and Damage Introduction The President asked the Commission to answer several specific questions about the nature of riots, the kinds of communities in which they occurred, the characteristics, including age, education, and job history, of those who rioted and those who did not, the ways in which groups of lawful citizens can be encouraged to help cool the situation, the relative impact of various depressed conditions in the ghetto which stimulated people to riot, the impact of federal and other programs on those conditions, the effect on rioting of police-community relationships, the parts of the community which suffered the most as a result of the disorders. The profiles in the foregoing chapter portray the nature and extent of ten of the disorders which took place during the summer of 1967. This chapter seeks, in these events, and in the others which we surveyed, a set of common elements to aid in understanding what happened and in answering the President's questions. This chapter also considers certain popular conceptions about riots. Disorders are often discussed as if there were a single type. The typical riot of recent years is sometimes seen as a massive uprising against white people, involving widespread burning, looting, and sniping, either by all ghetto Negroes or by an uneducated southern-born Negro underclass of habitual criminals or riffraff. An agitator at a protest demonstration, the coverage of events by the news media, or an isolated triggering or precipitating event is often identified as the primary spark of violence. The uniform set of stages is sometimes posited with a succession of confrontations and withdrawals by two cohesive groups, the police on one side and the riotous mob on the other. Often it is assumed that there was no effort within the Negro community to reduce the violence. Sometimes the only remedy prescribed is application of the largest possible police or control force as early as possible. What we have found does not validate these conceptions. We have been unable to identify constant patterns in all aspects of civil disorders. We have found that they are unusual, irregular, complex, and in the present state of knowledge, unpredictable social processes. Like many human events, they do not unfold in orderly sequences. Moreover, we have examined the 1967 disorders within a few months after their occurrence and under pressing time limitations. While we have collected information of considerable immediacy, analysis will undoubtedly improve with the passage and perspective of time and with the further accumulation and refinement of data. To facilitate further analysis, we have appended much of our data to this report. We have characterized the information now available about the 1967 disorders as follows. The pattern of violence over the nation. Severity, location, timing, and number of people involved. The riot process in a sample of 24 disorders we have surveyed. Prior events, the development of violence, the various control efforts on the part of officials and the community, and the relationship between violence and control efforts. The riot participants, 
a comparison of rioters with those who sought to limit the disorder and with those who remained uninvolved. The setting in which the disorders occurred, social and economic conditions, local governmental structure, the scale of federal programs, and the grievance reservoir in the Negro community. The aftermath of disorder, the ways in which communities responded after order was restored in the streets. Based on information derived from our surveys, we offer the following generalizations. 1. No civil disorder was typical in all respects. Viewed in a national framework, the disorders of 1967 varied greatly in terms of violence and damage, while a relatively small number were major under our criteria and a somewhat larger number were serious, most of the disorders would have received little or no national attention as riots had the nation not been sensitized by the more serious outbreaks. 2. While the civil disorders of 1967 were racial in character, they were not interracial. The 1967 disorders, as well as earlier disorders of the recent period, involved action within Negro neighborhoods against symbols of white American society, authority and property, rather than against white persons. 3. Despite extremist rhetoric, there was no attempt to subvert the social order of the United States. Instead, most of those who attacked white authority and property seemed to be demanding fuller participation in the social order and the material benefits enjoyed by the vast majority of American citizens. 4. Disorder did not typically erupt without pre-existing causes as a result of a single triggering or precipitating incident. Instead, it developed out of an increasingly disturbed social atmosphere, in which typically a series of tension-heightening incidents over a period of weeks or months became linked in the minds of many in the Negro community with a shared reservoir of underlying grievances. 5. There was, typically, a complex relationship between the series of incidents and the underlying grievances. For example, grievances about allegedly abusive police practices, unemployment and underemployment, housing, and other conditions in the ghetto were often aggravated in the minds of many Negroes by incidents involving the police or the inaction of municipal authorities on Negro complaints about police action, unemployment, inadequate housing, or other conditions. When grievance-related incidents recurred and rising tensions were not satisfactorily resolved, a cumulative process took place in which prior incidents were readily recalled and grievances reinforced. At some point in the mounting tension, a further incident, in itself often routine or even trivial, became the breaking point, and the tension spilled over into violence. 6. Many grievances in the Negro community resulted from the discrimination, prejudice, and powerlessness which Negroes often experience. They also result from the severely disadvantaged social and economic conditions of many Negroes as compared with those of whites in the same city, and, more particularly, in the predominantly white suburbs. 7. Characteristically, the typical rioter was not a hoodlum, habitual criminal, or riffraff, nor was he a recent migrant, a member of an uneducated underclass or a person lacking broad social and political concerns. Instead, he was a teenager or young adult, a lifelong resident of the city in which he rioted, a high school dropout, but somewhat better educated than his Negro neighbor, and almost invariably underemployed or employed in a menial job. He was proud of his race, extremely hostile to both whites and middle-class Negroes, and, though informed about politics, highly distrustful of the political system and of political leaders. 8. Numerous Negro counter-rioters walked the streets urging rioters to cool it, 
the typical counter-rioter resembled in many respects the majority of Negroes, who neither rioted nor took action against the rioters, that is, the uninvolved. But certain differences are crucial. The counter-rioter was better educated and had higher income than either the rioter or the non-involved. 9. Negotiations between Negroes and white officials occurred during virtually all the disorders surveyed. The negotiations often involved young, militant Negroes, as well as older, established leaders. Despite a setting of chaos and disorder, negotiations in many cases involved discussions of underlying grievances as well as the handling of the disorder by control authorities. 10. The chain we have identified, discrimination, prejudice, disadvantaged conditions, intense and pervasive grievances, a series of tension-heightening incidents, all culminating in the eruption of disorder at the hands of youthful, political-aware activists, must be understood as describing the central trend in the disorders, not as an explanation of all aspects of the riots or of all rioters. Some rioters, for example, may have shared neither the conditions nor the grievances of their Negro neighbors. Some may have coolly and deliberately exploited the chaos created by others. Some may have been drawn into the melee merely because they identified with, or wished to emulate, others. Nor do we intend to suggest that the majority of the rioters, who shared the adverse conditions and grievances, necessarily articulated in their own minds the connection between that background and their actions. 11. The background of disorder in the riot cities was typically characterized by severely disadvantaged conditions for Negroes, especially as compared with those for whites, a local government often unresponsive to these conditions, federal programs which had not yet reached a significant large proportion of those who need, and the resulting reservoir of pervasive and deep grievance and frustration in the ghetto. 12. In the immediate aftermath of disorder, the status quo of daily life before the disorder generally was quickly restored. Yet, despite some notable public and private efforts, little basic change took place in the conditions underlying the disorder. In some cases, the result was increased distrust between blacks and whites, diminished interracial communications, and growth of Negro and white extremist groups. 1. The Pattern of Violence and Damage Levels of Violence and Damage because definitions of civil disorder vary widely, between 51 and 217 disorders were recorded by various agencies as having occurred during the first nine months of 1967. From these sources we have developed a list of 164 disorders which occurred during that period. We have ranked them in three categories of violence and damage, utilizing such criteria as the degree and duration of violence, the number of active participants, and the level of law enforcement response. Major Disorders Eight disorders, 5% of the total, were major. They were characterized generally by a combination of the following factors. 1. Many fires, intensive looting, and reports of sniping. 2. Violence lasting more than two days. 3. Sizable crowds. and 4. Use of National Guard or Federal Forces as well as other control forces. Serious Disorders 33 disorders, 20% of the total, were serious but not major. These were characterized generally by 1. Isolated looting, some fires, and some rock-throwing. 2. Violence lasting between one and two days. 3. Only one sizable crowd or many small groups. And 4. Use of state police, though generally not National Guard or Federal Forces. Minor Disorders 
123 disorders, 75% of the total, were minor. These would not have been classified as riots or received wide press attention without national conditioning to a riot climate. They were characterized generally by, one, a few fires or broken windows, two, violence lasting generally less than one day, three, participation by only small numbers of people, and four, use, in many cases, only of local police or police from a neighboring community. The 164 disorders which we have categorized occurred in 128 cities. 25, 20%, of the cities had two or more disturbances. New York had five separate disorders. Chicago had four. Six cities had three, and 17 had two. Two cities which experienced a major disorder, Cincinnati and Tampa, had subsequent disorders. Cincinnati had two more. However, in these two cities, the later disorders were less serious than the earlier ones. In only two cities were later disorders more severe. Three conclusions emerge from the data. The significance of the 1967 disorders cannot be minimized. The level of disorder was major or serious in terms of our criteria on 41 occasions in 39 cities. The level of disorder, however, has been exaggerated. Three-fourths of the disorders were relatively minor and would not have been regarded as nationally newsworthy riots in prior years. The fact that a city had experienced disorder earlier in 1967 did not immunize it from further violence. Distribution in terms of time, area, and size of community. Time. In 1967, disorders occurred with increasing frequency as summer approached and tapered off as it waned. More than 60% of the 164 disorders occurred in July alone. Disorder by months and level. Month, January. Number of major disorders, none. Number of serious disorders, none. Number of minor disorders, one. Totals, one. February. Number of major disorders, none. Number of serious disorders, none. Number of minor disorders, none. Total, none. March. Number of major disorders, none. Number of serious disorders, one. Number of minor disorders, none. Total, one. April. Number of major disorders, none. Number of serious disorders, one. Number of minor disorders, three. Total, four. May. Number of major disorders, none. Number of serious disorders, three. Number of minor disorders, eight. Totals, eleven. June. Number of major disorders, three. Number of serious disorders, three. Number of minor disorders, ten. Totals, sixteen. July. Number of major disorders, five. Number of serious disorders, twenty-two. Number of minor disorders, seventy-six. Totals, one hundred and three. August. Number of major disorders, none. Number of serious disorders, three. Number of minor disorders, 14. Totals, 17. September. Number of major disorders, none. Number of serious disorders, none. Number of minor disorders, 11. Totals, 11. Total number of major disorders, 8. Total number of serious disorders, 33. Total number of minor disorders, 123. Totals, 164. Area. The violence was not limited to any one section of the country. Disorders by region and level. Region. East. 
Number of major disorders, 3. Number of serious disorders, 10. Number of minor disorders, 44. Total, 35%. Region. Midwest. Number of major disorders, 4. Number of serious disorders, 11. Number of minor disorders, 44. Total, 36%. Region. South and border. Number of major disorders, 1. Number of serious disorders, 7. Number of minor disorders, 19. Total, 16%. Region. West. Number of major disorders, none. Number of serious disorders, 5. Number of minor disorders, 16. Total, 13%. Total number of major disorders, 8. Total number of serious disorders, 33. Total number of minor disorders, 123. Total, 100%. When timing and location are considered together, other relationships appear. 98 disorders can be grouped into 23 clusters, which consist of two or more disturbances occurring within two weeks and within a few hundred miles of each other. Clustering was particularly striking for two sets of cities. The first, centered on Newark, consisted of disorders in 14 New Jersey cities. The second, centered on Detroit, consisted of disturbances in seven cities in Michigan and one in Ohio. Size of Community The violence was not limited to large cities. Seven of the eight major disorders occurred in communities with populations of 250,000 or more. But 37, 23%, of the disorders reviewed occurred in communities with populations of 50,000 or less. And 67 disorders, 41%, occurred in communities with populations of 100,000 or less, including 9, about 22%, of the 41 serious or major disturbances. Disorders by level and city population. City population in thousands. 0 to 50,000. Number of major disorders, 1. Number of serious disorders, 5. Number of minor disorders, 31. Total, 37. 50,000 to 100,000. Number of major disorders, none. Number of serious disorders, 3. Number of minor disorders, 27. Totals, 30. 100,000 to 250,000. Number of major disorders, none. Number of serious disorders, 8. Number of minor disorders, 23. Total, 31. 250,000 to 500,000. Number of major disorders, 5. Number of serious disorders, 10. Number of minor disorders, 15. Totals, 30. 50,000 to 1 million. Number of major disorders, 1. Number of serious disorders, 4. Number of minor disorders, 10. Totals, 15. Over 1 million. Number of major disorders, 1. Number of serious disorders, 3. Number of minor disorders, 13. Totals, 17. Total number of major disorders, 8. Total number of serious disorders, 33. Total number of minor disorders, 119. Totals, 160. Death, Injury, and Damage In its study of 75 disturbances in 67 cities, the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations of the Senate Committee on Government Operations reported 83 deaths and 1,897 injuries. Deaths occurred in 12 of these disturbances. More than 80% of the deaths and more than half the injuries occurred in Newark and Detroit. In more than 60% of the disturbances, no deaths and no more than 10 injuries were reported. 
substantial damage to property also tended to be concentrated in a relatively small number of cities. Of the disorders which the Commission surveyed, significant damage resulted in Detroit, 40 to 45 million, Newark, 10.2 million, and Cincinnati, more than 1 million. In each of nine cities, damage was estimated at less than $100,000. Fire caused extensive damage in Detroit and Cincinnati, two of the three cities which suffered the greatest destruction of property. Newark had relatively little loss from fire, but extensive inventory loss from looting and damage to stock. Damage estimates made at the time of the Newark and Detroit disorders were later greatly reduced. Early estimates in Newark ranged from 15 to 25 million. A month later, the estimate was revised to 10.2 million. In Detroit, newspaper damage estimates at first ranged from 200 million to 500 million. The highest recent estimate is $45 million. What we have said should not obscure three important factors. First, the dollar cost of the disorders should be increased by the extraordinary administrative expenses of municipal, state, and federal governments. Second, deaths and injuries are not the sole measures of the cost of civil disorders in human terms. For example, the cost of dislocation of people, though clearly not quantifiable in dollars and cents, was a significant factor in Detroit, the one case in which many residences were destroyed. Other human costs, fear, distrust, and alienation, were incurred in every disorder. Third, even a relatively low level of violence and damage in absolute terms may seriously disrupt a small or medium-sized community. Victims of Violence Of the 83 persons who died in the 75 disorders studied by the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations, about 10% were public officials, primarily law officers and firemen. Among the injured, public officials made up 38%. The overwhelming majority of the civilians killed and injured were Negroes. Retail businesses suffered a much larger proportion of the damage during the disorders than public institutions, industrial properties, or private residences. In Newark, 1,029 establishments, affecting some 4,492 employers and employees, suffered damage to buildings or loss of inventory, or both. Those which suffered the greatest loss through looting in descending order of loss were liquor, clothing, and furniture stores. White-owned businesses are widely believed to have been damaged much more frequently than those owned by Negroes. In at least nine of the cities studied, the damage seems to have been, at least in part, the result of deliberate attacks on white-owned businesses characterized in the Negro community as unfair or disrespectful towards Negroes. Not all the illicit damage was purposeful or was caused by rioters. Some was a byproduct of violence. In certain instances, police and fire department control efforts caused damage. The New Jersey Commission on Civil Disorders has found that in Newark, retributive action was taken against Negro-owned properties by control forces. Some damage was accidental. In Detroit, some fire damage, especially to residences, may have been caused primarily by a heavy wind. Public institutions generally were not targets of serious attacks, but police and fire equipment was damaged in at least 15 of the 23 cities. Of the cities surveyed, significant damage to residences occurred only in Detroit. In at least nine of the 22 other cities, there was minor damage to residences, often resulting from fires in adjacent businesses. End of section 17. Recording by Todd.